Father God, as we uh, look at your word now, Lord, come and help us. Come and help us to appreciate again your amazing grace, your love for us, your sacrifice for us. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. We are going to spend uh, a few moments just looking at God's word together. And um, as we do that, I just want to read it to you. Uh, not that button. I want to read it to you with this. I don't need a musical accompaniment to read it, I don't think. Uh, this is from Matthew chapter 28, and it's verse 16 through to 20, and it goes like this. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Amen. Um, this is another one of my favourite passages. The disciples uh, have met the risen Jesus, and we talked about that a bit last week. Um, and uh, this is his final commission to them, and it's referred to in uh, a lot of the Bibles as the Great Commission. They are up a mountain, they're having this season of encounter, this moment with Jesus. And in that place, some of them worship, some of them are like, yeah, we, we get this, this makes sense. But others, even in this place, Matthew acknowledges that some of them doubted. So some of them worshipped, some of them doubted, some of them probably did a mix of both. Um, but their heads are still spinning. They're, they're still trying to make sense of what's going on. If we look at Acts chapter 1 verse 6, just before Jesus is taken up to heaven, it says this, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he's like, no, this, this, this is not how this is working. They're still trying to make sense of it. So they're worshipping, they doubt, they've got all those questions, and they're still trying to make sense of it to understand. And we are often in all of those places all at once, aren't we? But Jesus is with them. And he stands amongst them and he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. One of the ways of understanding Matthew's gospel is that it's like this coronation. And it starts with his lineage and his family history. And it ends with him being enthroned, which is this passage that we uh, have just read in Matthew 28. The king has come. All authority has been given to him. So Matthew's gospel can be seen as that coronation and it concludes with the king, King Jesus, being enthroned. But the people of God had wanted a king before. 
in the Old Testament when they asked for a king. Samuel comes back to them and he says, well, look, you can have a king, but actually this king is going to enslave you. He's going to rule over you. He's going to make you work. He's going to demand taxes from you. But when Jesus comes as king, it's completely different. He has the authority, but the way that he chooses to work with us is to commission, to co-mission us as his friends, not as servants, but as friends to work with him. He includes us in his mission. And he says to them that they're to go and to make disciples. So this is really clearly in the moment, this is really clearly for them, that they, the ones that are listening, are to go and make disciples. But this is like got this circle with it. You see, if they go and make disciples and teach them to obey everything that Jesus commanded them, then those new disciples will also be included in the thing that he's just said, which is to go and make disciples. So it's not just for them, it's for us. This set of verses is for us. And we need to hear afresh Jesus saying to us this morning, that he has the authority and that he is commissioning us to go and make disciples. This is what he's called us to. We have a mission and it is to make disciples. That's the church's vision that we've outlined, to be a church on the way. It's a disciple-making vision to include people in as followers of the way of Jesus. Sometimes in this, we have lacked confidence. Sometimes we felt like we haven't got a story to say to our culture, that we haven't got the words, but you know, our confident lev confidence levels right now should be through the roof. Jesus has broken out of the tomb. The risen Jesus is with us now by the power of his Holy Spirit. He's alive with us through the power of his resurrection. He is here now and we have something to say in this culture. You see, he's put us in the streets that we live in, in the places that we work in. And those folks that are serving, whether it's in accountancy or in a school or in the NHS or as a plumber or being a good neighbour, we are there to serve and to reach out with the goodness and the life of God to those places. But we're not just there to serve. You see, he's also given us the words of eternal life because we know him. He has them and he shares them with us. So we're not just there to serve, but we are also carriers of hope into those places. Into those places where there is no hope. We are the ones that carry hope. We are the ones that carry life. We know that we are never alone, even, even in the valley of the shadow of death. Even in, when we're having to be socially distant from one another. Because we have a future, a future that is beyond death. And we are all connected by his Holy Spirit and no amount of social distancing can keep us apart 
whether it's worshipping in Kenya or whether it's worshipping uh, on the round hill in uh, Western or whether it's worshipping in your home, whether you're with your family or whether you're alone. Together, we are with him by the power of the Holy Spirit. But I want to highlight just three things about how we work this out because I think there are there are kind of three layers to this but we can get them confused and they are the church the mission and the kingdom so first of all let's start with the church the church is who we are it was never about a building. I've been saying that since I've got here and people will have said it before I got here. We have a building. We can't worship in it at the moment. At some point we'll be back in it, but it was never about the building. Church is always community. It's always people with Jesus at the head. We are the body and he is the head. It was never designed to be autonomous from the head either. You see, without him, we are nothing. Church is who we are. His body, alive and full. But we are also the church that has a mission. And the mission is how we operate. We are to be in the business of making disciples, of making followers of Jesus, helping them to grow strong, teaching them to obey. Yes, this is, this is tough in our culture, I know, but we're supposed to be teaching people to obey. It's a big challenge, but it's an important one. Do you want to obey Jesus today? Or not? That, that's the question. Because that's what Matthew 28 outlines. Do you want to obey Jesus today? It's the question that we need to ask of ourselves. It's the one that marks us out as followers of Jesus. Are we prepared to obey Jesus? And we'll need to keep on asking it each day. Each day, each moment. But it's also the question we need to ask of others. If we're to make disciples, we need to invite people into something big, the fullness of what he's got, not a kind of half measure, not a therapeutic, feel-nice version of the Christian faith, but one where he is Lord, where he is king over our lives, over the way that we operate, the things that we do the way that we treat others and ourselves. So that disciple-making mission is how we operate. It's that invitation to follow Jesus, to be a disciple. Do you want to do that today? And do you want to invite others to do that today? But then there's this other thing, and it's the kingdom. The kingdom is what we embody the message of the kingdom is what we carry. It, it's not an academic, a cerebral exercise, but it's a lived, breathed one. Jesus sends his followers out with a message. And the message is, the kingdom is near. 
The kingdom is here. It, it's kind of like the breath. It's like the air, the ruah, the spirit of God. His work in us and in the world. His rule and reign. And so as we seek the kingdom, as we seek first the kingdom, we're seeking his breath, his life, his fullness over every part of it in our work, in our homes, in our waking, in our sleeping, every single part of it. But the thing that wraps it all up is this. It's that he is always with us. His great commission is actually a great co-mission because he promises to go with us. He doesn't leave us as orphans. He's adopted and included us and his Holy Spirit is with us now. We are not alone. Even if you're feeling alone because you can't go out as much or you're feeling alone because you are physically alone in your home. You are not alone because he is with you. I am with you even to the very end of the age, even in lockdown, even in social isolation. And so I want to ask you a question as I draw to a close this morning. And the question is this. As the church, and as the church with a mission, will you seek first the kingdom of God? Will you do this in your home, in your work? Maybe you're, you're working from home now and you're just connecting online. You can still seek first the kingdom. Maybe you're in a job where you can see that it's directly applicable. Maybe you're working for the NHS while you care, while you clean, will you seek first the kingdom of God as you serve? Maybe it's in your home or in your street. Will you seek first the kingdom of God? Let me give you an example. I was putting uh, the, I think, I think I was putting the bins out. I can't remember. I was, I was outside, uh, outside of our house the other day and I got chatting with someone who was passing. And as we were chatting, she was just saying that uh, she was just waiting because her son had had to go into the RUH. And I was like, this is it. This is the moment to be seeking first the kingdom of God. And so as we listened, as the conversation was just drawing to a close, I just said to her, can I pray with, can I pray with you? And, you know, people's normal response to that is, Oh, yeah, that's fine. You, you pray, kind of thinking that you'll pray when you get home or something. And I was like, no, I'd love to pray now. And so we did a kind of socially distant prayer and she stayed on about, you know, two or three meters away. And I prayed and I, I simply asked for the Holy Spirit to come and to be with her and to be with her son. So will you do whatever version of that looks like for you in your home? Will you seek first the kingdom of God this week, whatever your context. Let me pray and then we're going to worship together some more. Father God, help us. Help us as your church who have a mission to seek first your kingdom 
and not to do it by ourselves, but to do it in the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen.